I'm Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for tuning in, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you wearing green? No. <laughs> so you're not really Irish? It's, no. No. <laughs> no. And and green is not my best color unless it's emerald green or a turquoise green or forest green. That's a whole lot of greens that seem to be yeah, your color. We, some, could get, like, we could but find one. But it's hard to find those greens this it season, is, I think. Well, we have a great show lined up for you this afternoon from stripper stages, swish cabaret lounges, to film sets and silky adventures through sexual minefields. Sonia Cote's new memoir, I'm Not Naked Anymore, covers it all. She is one of Canada's most celebrated and respected artists, and we're going to talk to her about what it was like putting her Me Too story down on paper. Now, direct selling is the sale of a consumer product or service person to person away from a fixed retail location marketed through independent sales consultants. So we're going to be joined by Peter Maddox, the president of the Direct Sellers Association of Canada, and Bahar Mahmoudi, a participant from one of DSA's member companies, Nature Sunshine, to talk to us about the benefits of direct selling and how you can get involved. And by the way, how many women are Involved. I know. It's a lot. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. Film critic Ann Brody has what to watch this weekend and Saturday night at the movies. And lifestyle expert Lena Almeida has tips for traveling carry-on only. I only do carry-on now. That's it. I, w- I will not check a bag I think and it's pay become it. my new mantra. I'm going to go out and buy little travel-sized things for Absolutely. all my toiletries, and then yep. I'll be set. Yep. I- Laura Pallotta, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Marriott Hotels of Canada, is going to tell us what Corporate Canada needs to do to ensure equality in the workplace. And in our live studio sessions today, we have Family Channel star Josh Bogart, who's going to perform his new single. Mm-hmm. And as usual, a very big thank you to San Pellegrino for providing us and our guests uh, water every week. It's sparkly loveliness. And hey, make sure to check out our weekly Facebook Live. That's every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And do sign up for the VIP list at whatshesaidtalk.com because we have some great prizes coming up, including tickets to the one-of-a-kind spring show. I've said too much already, but uh-huh. there, there's a lot coming up. So sign up to that list so you'll, be, you'll hear, hear it there first. We're going to take a quick break now on 105.9 The Region, so don't go anywhere. What she said, we'll be right back after this short break. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Listening to what she said on 1059 The Region. From stripper stages, swish cabaret lounges, to film sets and silky adventures through sexual minefields, Sonia Cote's new memoir, I'm Not Naked Anymore, 
covers it all. She's one of Canada's most celebrated and respected artists and joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thank you. We are very excited to have you in because early last year you released a little book that catalogued a few good stories from your life, but you say you felt you weren't being as authentic as you could or should have been. You want to tell no. us about that? Well, this whole Me Too thing gives a lot of people permission to start talking about stuff. And as I like to say, I don't think that I felt kind of whole until I could put the whole package together. And ironically, the book was called How to Be Authentically You Without Taking Off Your Clothes. And then, as I say in my foreword, it's just there's been such a march forward with so many things. I mean, first, when my book was being edited, Trump was sworn in. And I was reeling from that. I don't know mm. what you guys were doing, but all my girlfriends and I were phoning each other and literally com- commiserating. There's a sexual predator who's now leader of the free world. Wow, that didn't see that coming. <laughs> and then when the Weinstein stuff hit later on in the year, uh, though this is not even close to the entertainment industry that we have here in Canada, um, though I've never been out of work as an actor, I'm still not a famous person in terms of, of entertainment. And we were just being it was it felt like body blows you know and i thought oh man i have to i have to actually tell it like it is so much of of my life has been taken up with either being that girl on purpose and making it a, a sort of a lark you know or a, or a calling card of sorts or an image um and and then alternately fighting through a bunch of stuff that really needn't have been there for some of the roles that i was up for Mm-hmm. Well, you call yourself uh, a sexual abuse survivor with yes. a big personality. Yeah. They're and hard to reconcile. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it is yeah. because uh, you, you couldn't speak up? I couldn't speak up. I mean, I'm 5'10", and I'm not a small woman, and I'm loud, and I've always lived out loud. So my processes happen, you know, visually mm-hmm. and loudly. Mm-hmm. And they always have. And uh, But yes, when things happened, I don't think I was anything different than any other woman out there or a lot of women out there where I froze. And I wasn't able to speak up. And I wasn't believed if I did speak up. And I I, I also felt like, did I invite this myself? Because mm. I'm one of those Felt guilty. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why I asked you, because I think yeah. a lot, some women feel well, you know, I'm I'm small and I'm very junior and I don't really I'm not that outgoing right. and so they they have an even greater fear. But if someone like you who is very confident and has a big personality and and seems to be, you know, in control, right? Uh, if you had it had issues <laughs> yeah. saying something, then it's it's far more understandable that m- most women would. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. And I also respect the fact that some women are never going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the last chapter of my book, I'm Not Naked, is called, it's titled Maiden Mother Crone. And I started it with the story of my daughter, how I raised my daughter. She's 17 now, consciously, very differently, and how I went through a bunch of stuff that, like, you couldn't even make this What do you mean, up. consciously, very differently? Well, and then I finished with my mom by saying she could not talk about this stuff. And she had her own stories, and she did not want to acknowledge mine. So it just, it just can't, you know, you can't force somebody into being what they are not able to do for themselves so along with this whole me too thing it encompasses women mm-hmm. who stay quiet for various reasons in a variety of ways and it encompasses men who are also part of that culture that they grew up with and it encompasses children from different generations and I wanted to break that even though we weren't into the me too yet mm-hmm. when I decided to keep my child which was a conscious decision and I knew I was having a girl I went great I'm going to do this 
completely differently. And I did. Now, you were sexually abused at the age of two. Yes. Um, by a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you then ended up living on the same street as I this know. person. And you never <laughs> sought revenge or punishment. By the time, isn't that strange? Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't make this stuff up. Like, I, <laughs> I have had a very unusual life, but some things are just like, what? You know, they're just so unusual. Uh, I was in touch with his daughters at the time, and uh, I, was, I made up some story about wanting to find him, because I was toying with the idea of bringing him to court. This was, you know, early 2000s. And uh, I found him living on the same two-block street as me in Toronto, where we had started in Brossard, Quebec, all those years ago. So I went into immediate victim oh my God, I'm two years old all over again. And then I went, wait a second, wait, 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 you know. So, and it turns out that he was no longer living there by the time I had looked up that address. And I thought, no, I'm done with that. I'm done with many things, including being angry. Well, on a lighter note, the chapter on your marriage to Margaret Atwood's son is a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) Would you tell our listeners about that one? Oh, that was a very interesting time in my life. Uh, I was with that family for seven years. It was Margaret Atwood's stepson, Mm -hmm. um, Matthew. Uh, I was with them for seven years. I was madly in love with Matthew and just a complete moron at the time in my life and was in a very big, what I would consider a culture clash of, I'm from Montreal, I'm Irish, I'm French-Canadian, we're loud, we're funny, we're, you know, everything happens all at once and hands are flying all the time. And then in their house, that's not what happens. Mm -hmm. Everything is very measured and very Anglo and very... It's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very. It's. I was not comfortable with it at all. And plus, I was. I was told I had to hide the fact that I was stripping. Where I actually met him in a strip bar. I met him there, and I continued to strip because if I didn't pay the bills, they were never paid on time or at all. So I had to continue. You supported him for a time. Yeah, yeah. Did 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 Margaret ever find out? Yes, I I went to lunch with her. And, and how did she react? She doesn't uh, strike me as a woman that would have would have been that dismayed. Dismayed is never, I think, in her repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say that I've never met anyone who uses silence so ruthlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. <laughs> oh, frozen out. Okay. So this book, I'm Not Naked Anymore, uh, Memoirs of a Contemporary Jezebel. It's on Amazon now. You have a launch party on March 22nd at, at, the, at the Painted Lady. What, um, what do you want people to take away from the book? That it's okay to be you, all that that encompasses. It's really the first time. I waited for the other shoe to drop when this first whole Me Too thing started. I was like, oh, when is it going to, you know, the backlash is going to start? And it has started. That's what but we were, that's what we were worried about. Right stopped. This keeps marching forward. Mm-hmm. And as more and more people join this thing, I'm now beginning to see where it's going to end up and just some very new places. So this is not only a good read, because really, I... I look at that myself and I go, it's a miracle I'm alive, first of all, literally. And secondly, it's a funny read because I had to make the most of situations that were thrown at me at the last minute. Um, And I think a lot of women can relate to that. A lot of women are reading the book and going, oh, my 
my God, me too. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. right? So I'd like them to have that permission to do that. And I'd like us to have some fun with this because we have to bring some levity to the next wave of what's going on. I don't think that getting angry is going to solve anything. But what do you think about the backlash? Because we've been worried about it. We, we've already heard companies yeah. saying, well, maybe I won't hire women anymore. And then, oh, yeah. then the response to that is, well, maybe they should just hire women. It's like, no. It's like, so how do you feel? We have to the, learn to live together, men and mm-hmm. women. We do. I, a man said the same thing to me. See, when a man asks me that, it's a very different feeling. My back goes up and then I go, okay, wait, 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 wait. We're all, we all were steeped in the same conversation. We all came from the same general. Mm-hmm. I'm talking my, my generation here. And uh, I said to him, well, you know, women have been kept down for a long time now. And maybe it's time for men to just stand in that fire and listen mm-hmm. well and then have a little bit of compassion going, wow, well, that's where we've been all this time. And now maybe you guys are going to be taking a backseat too for a little while. And it's okay. But as long as it's done fairly, mm-hmm. um, I don't like to participate in any of these uh, witch hunts. I find them offensive mm-hmm. to everyone. They're not serving anyone. So mm-hmm. I have a very balanced view, I think, of both sexes and where we're going. I'd like to take that message out. And okay. there is an onus to raise your sons well. Yes, and well means not apologizing for their sexuality either. No, that's but, a big but thing. Just, yeah. But just making sure that they, yeah. there is mutual respect. Very much so, yeah. So, Sonia, your website is for people that want to reach you there? Uh, SoniaCote.com with a Y. And uh, the Painted Ladies at 6 p.m. It's an early show. <laughs> so. Uh, so excellent. Um, yeah, because we all like to get to bed a little earlier these I days, do. don't we? <laughs> Yes, I do. (laughs) Excellent. The book is I'm Not Naked Anymore, Memoirs of a Contemporary Jezebel. It's available on Amazon now. The author is Sonia Cote. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And you are listening to what she said on 105.9 The Region. Don't forget to check out our website at whatshesaidtalk.com. And we are going to be right back after this very short break. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. York Region, this is your radio station, 105.9 The Region.
Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Christine Bentley. Our next guests are here in studio to tell us all about the benefits of direct selling. So please welcome Peter Maddox, the president of the Direct Sellers Association of Canada, and Bahar Mahmoudi, a participant from one of DSA's member companies, Nature Sunshine. So Tupperware parties, Avon, but we're old. So what's changed? Well, I mean, if you go back, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, a lot of it was door-to-door selling as well. So it was Electrolux and Encyclopedia Britannica, I'm sure. Oh, I remember those at my door. Everybody grew up with an Encyclopedia Britannica or a World Book Encyclopedia in the house. Um, From there, it's kind of evolved. So the door-to-door selling really doesn't exist anymore. It, It evolved into party planning. And now a lot of it is what we call social selling. So people contact their friends and families through social media talk about the great products that they represent, whether that's cosmetics or nutritional products, gifts. Jewelry. What, what's the one that, uh, oh, yeah. There's a bunch. There's, there's a bunch. Takara, Stella and Dot. Um, Stella a, and Dot, yeah, I was thinking one, about that here. one. Yeah. We, you know, we, and we, also things um, like the uh, the cookware. I mean... Pampered Chef. Pampered Chef, yeah. yeah we've we've been to a couple of... Yeah. Pam- Cutco. I have Cutco. I have Pampered Chef. I'm involved in direct selling or direct buying. Yes. But, so what? It, it's, it's the sale of a consumer product or service away from a fixed retail location is basically what Correct. So, I mean, if you have a product, if you're a company and you have a product you want to sell, you've got a number of choices. You can put it in your own stores, but there's a lot of expense there because mm-hmm. retail is not a cheap thing to, to, to no. no, You can put it in someone else's store, but then you lose a certain amount of control over the selling process. So what's, you, what's your job, the DSA? What does so we're it the, do? So we're the association that represents the companies in the industry in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, there's around about 100 uh, direct selling companies but, uh, who operate in Canada. Some of them are Canadian-based, others are from mm-hmm. the US. Um, so we advocate on behalf of the industry, so we go to government deal with regulators, making sure that our businesses are treated fairly and also that our businesses meet the requirements of regulation. And we, we, we give our yeah. members the, the chance to network with each other as well. So let me ask you, the reason that people don't go door-to-door, is that a little bit because of restrictions? I think there's some They brought in a new now. law on March yeah, 1st that, that you said can't, you can't sell door-to-door you, in Ontario. Sell, but also geographically, you might go and you might sell one necklace to one person. It might take you two hours, as opposed to having a party where you're two hours and you could sell to... 22 ladies yeah i mean a a bunch of stuff happened the internet happened so you Mm -hmm. know now people can research products online um there are some laws province by province in ontario there is a new law in ontario mostly focused on water heaters and Mm -hmm. and furnaces and and things like that but yeah i mean if people can get together if people can look at products in the comfort of their own home particularly if they're time poor so you know they're working they don't have time to go social yeah absolutely so how many consultants do you have across canada so across those hundred odd companies it's estimated there's about 1.2 million people who are consultants for direct selling companies now, a lot of those, the majority, they like the products themselves, they buy for themselves, they maybe sell a little bit to family and friends, but there are people who work at it full-time and make a full-time living out of it. So it's very flexible. You can sort of make of it what you want. So 82% of them are, fe- are women? Are yeah, it, obviously it's, a, it's an industry with the flexibility. Women maybe who are coming back from you know raising kids, they're looking for something to, to make a little bit of extra money and to get back into the workplace and learn some business skills. Is that how you... What appealed to you, Bahar? 
Um, it's, I have a little different experience with direct selling. Um, so my, far, my background is a pharmacy in training, and I'm a natural health practitioner. So the first introduction to Nature Sunshine product was in a clinic, was operated in a health food store. Um, so I did seminars on detoxification and cleansing, and then uh, once I was introduced to Nature Sunshine uh, cleansing product, um, I started to incorporate that to my teaching. So then um, once I got very good results with my clients with um, cleansing supplements, then I started to study more about Nature Sunshine product and I found them very trustworthy company. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is five years ago. And I started uh, with this company since then. And um, I love this company because it's, um, they are not just selling product. There are, they have lots of um, like webinars, seminars, and uh, training courses, and with the like, very best doctors from US and Canada. And um, one of the best thing I liked about Nature Sunshine Company is the education part, uh, which I took a course four years ago. Um, the course called Inform uh, Weight Loss and Lifestyle Change Program. So since then, I'm working. Uh, all a lot of my job with Nature Sunshine Company is through this course, mm-hmm. and I teach. So I have run so far 31 classes, and I have had more than uh, 600 students. And uh, it has been very, very successful. And Nature Sunshine supports me with all the question I have and everything. Um, so I'm very excited to um, announce this is the first time I'm launching a weight loss and lifestyle program just for men mm. um, through Nature Sunshine Company. Let me introduce you to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you from the company or are you a direct seller, so to speak? I'm a direct seller. Okay. But um, the good thing with Nature Sunshine is you have to learn about about health you have to learn about the product then you can sell it it's Mm -hmm. not just sell Uh, it's just you want to educate people you want to inform people Um, so I never have been like that to sell go and just sell things it's just through education now Peter um, Bahar had an an interest in something before but if somebody was looking for a new career something else to do could they come to your association and say what may be a fit for me? Yeah, I mean, we, we we can help with that. We certainly have a listing on our website of all the companies that are members and the areas that they're involved in. And we also have on our website at dsa.ca a list of the things to be aware of if you're looking for an opportunity in direct selling. So um, are you, you know, what skill set do you have? What products do you like? There's no point selling a product that you're not passionate about. So, Do you like people? Do you like yeah. people? <laughs> well, uh, you... Uh, uh, Bahar, sorry, have had a great experience. But for people who, I mean, is there anything they should be careful of? Yeah, I besides mean, besides not having a passion, I mean, are there any red flags? Yeah, there's some red flags in terms of check out the company, talk to other people perhaps who've been direct sellers for that organization. What is their experience? Do they like how they're treated by the company? Um, typically, there shouldn't be a, buy, a big investment. Upfront. So if mm-hmm. a company says, well, you have to pay $1,000 for products up front to start as a seller to us, that would be a red flag that they're, they're trying to get revenue ahead of time. Well, that, that, And that's a good figure to know because I would have thought maybe $1,000 is a reasonable investment, but you, you think yeah, that's I mean, too high. T- typically, you know, for perhaps for one of the cosmetics companies, you may spend $200 on product samples that you can mm-hmm. use in your selling. That but makes sense. Once it starts to creep up from there, you would have to start thinking – 
what am I getting for this money? Is it, is it a good investment? Now, what's the main benefit to us, the consumer, of uh, direct selling? S- someone, someone can come to your home or it's, it's probably, possibly someone you trust already. They're knowledgeable about the products. Um, they can sort of talk you through all the different options and from there, you know, you can be confident that you're making good choices about those products. Is it less because there's not so much overhead as a retail store? Are the products generally less than they would be somewhere else? We have a lot of member companies and, that you know, some of, them are pre- some of them are premium products, some of them are budget products. Um, so I would say it's at least very competitive with what's in retail, if not better. Now, in your case, um, the person can actually have you, can you come to the house? Um, I have or, done it, yeah. I have done it in a few, like, like friends' houses, but um, that was uh, when I started. And now I have, I have websites. So a lot of people go to my website um, and they, they um, ask me questions when my courses start or when, what the supplement they can have. So well, I'm have, really I asking have... for Kate because she wants to sign John. <laughs> 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 How would she do that? If you're interested, I might, we can go to my website for more information. What is your website? Tell everyone. It's uh, baharhealth.com, which is B-A-H-A-R, health.com. Baharhealth.com. So you can get, okay, yes, that's you great. Can get more information. And for um, people that want to learn more about the Direct Sellers Association of Canada... How do they contact you, Peter? So dsa.ca, it has all our contact information. Like I said, it has lists of all our member companies as well. And some and some of the what we talked about in terms of lessons if you're looking to get into the industry. Yeah, that would be great yeah, for helpful. somebody looking yeah. for a job. Thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about it. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. And this is What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to check out our website at whatshesaidtalk.com, and we will be right back after this short break. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. When Candace Derricks tells people where to go, they listen. Hmm, an all-inclusive is sounding pretty nice right now. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see food and travel and exactly, what else. Exactly, right? There's nothing else in life. It's food and no. travel as far as I'm concerned. So you want to do all your investigation up front. These are really, really, really good tips. Pleasantville is on our bucket list. <laughs> We've got expert travel tips and tricks from Candace at lifeinpleasantville.com. Weekends on What She Said Talk. 1059 The Region, growing with you and your family. Saturday night at the movies, who cares what picture you see? When you're with your baby, let's roll in the bed. 
You're listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Kate Wheeler, and it is time now for Saturday Night at the Movies with our film critic, Anne Brody, who is actually busy at the Saguenay International Short Film Festival. But she never leaves us hanging, and she sent in her reviews for this weekend. Let's take a listen. Donald Sutherland and Helen Mirren team up to star in The Leisure Seeker. They decide to go away on a vacation without telling their children. The Leisure Seeker is the name of their RV. Well, he has dementia, and she, we discover, has cancer, so it's a difficult ride. They reminisce, they they emotionally beat each other up, they raise issues from the past, but they spend time together. I think that's the important thing. And of course, his state gets him into a lot of trouble. A bunch of kids come after them, and Helen has to get out her rifle, remember Red? It is a little bit sad, but it really makes you think about how valuable the people are around you who you love and to recognize them in the now. Uh, Not the greatest film ever made, but I certainly enjoyed seeing these two go at it. Samuel Mayo's blistering portrait of parental grief called Foxtrot tells of parents living in Israel who learned of the death of their son, a soldier who was killed in the line of duty. Well, the beginning of the film takes place in their apartment. We watch their lives fall apart. Then it moves out to the desert to the sun's checkpoint. It's remote, it's, it's nothing happens except one night a carload of teens comes by and a mistake turns their world upside down. Back to the parents' apartment, they learn of an update to their son's whereabouts in the most insane twist you can imagine. All of this is under the cloud of darkness and depression. It is really an artistic jewel of a film and it's had many awards around the world and well worth seeing. That's Foxtrot. Lisa Vreeland's fantastic documentary, Love Cecil, is about the bon vivant artist, illustrator, trendsetter, and toast of the town, Cecil Beaton. He was a royal photographer for generations and did most Vogue covers for decades. He knew everyone in Hollywood and in Europe. He rubbed elbows with the rich and famous, and he fulfilled his wish that he dreamed up when he was nine years old to live in a cloud. (laughs) He's extraordinary. This is a must-see. If you love fashion, if you love fun, society, all of these things, love Cecil. Fun fact about Cecil Beaton, he was openly gay and had many affairs and, and loves of his life, but apparently he loved Greta Garbo more than anyone. He proposed marriage, she turned him down, but they had a long friendship. Moscow, 1953, Joseph Stalin, the dictator, drops dead. And there's a huge rush of his cronies to take his job over. Some terrific comics got together to make this black, wicked satire on the struggle for power. Now, Stalin had a big personality. He's sort of like someone we know on this continent. And he had laid the groundwork for total domination, world domination. So these bumbling cronies, including Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, and uh, Andrea Riseborough and Jason Isaacs get together to try to figure things out, but the backstabbing and the, the tricks and ploys all come to nothing. It is a very funny look at the way dictatorships can fall apart. Hulu and Super Channel are showing a four-part series from Britain called National Treasure Kiki, and it is terrific. 
Kiki is a young black girl being fostered by a white family when her caseworker, played by the magnificent Sarah Lancashire, takes her to meet her biological grandfather. She's abducted and murdered. Well, the caseworker loses her job, the media descends on her, she starts to drink, but she's very clever and she decides to investigate the case herself. This is gripping stuff, so beautifully written, so beautifully acted. This is my pick of the week, National Treasure Kiki. I have to tell you about Netflix's latest food series called Nailed It. You know those fantastic Pinterest pictures of food that's unimaginably beautiful and precise and just stunning? Well, you know how people try them at home and fail miserably. They bring amateur cooks in to try them out and uh, humiliate themselves. They think they can do it. I honestly believe they think they can do it. And then they don't. It's really fun. Nailed it. Thanks so much, Anne, and we'll see you back in studio next week. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Kate Wheeler here with Christine Bentley. Joining us now in studio is our lifestyle expert, Lena Almeida. And today we're talking about tips for traveling carry-on only. And Lena, you'd know you've been all over the place in the last few months. Welcome home. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, now I... I only do carry on now. Good for you. I, because I just can't stand waiting for my chocolate, chocolate, checked luggage, luggage. Checked luggage. luggage. <laughs> at, the, at the other end. Yeah. And I mean, I usually travel with my two boys and managing a bunch of checked luggage and my sons is one thing, but really it comes down to the checked baggage fees. Mm, for one piece expensive. of checked baggage now return is $52. So you can see if you check on average, two bags for a family vacation, you know, $104 added to your vacation budget is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But how do you do it? So I actually can, I can give you 100 tips on on how to do it, but I know we only have a few minutes. (laughs) So I brought my top three. Okay. The first is to edit your wardrobe and two things with editing your wardrobe. When you are packing, you want to pack for complete outfits versus pieces. Because if I said I was going away on a one-week vacation, I was thinking articles of clothing, I may say I may need four pairs of jeans or seven t-shirts. But when you, you know, I actually put a spreadsheet out and I think about the entire outfit, you realize that you can wear the same pair of jeans on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Absolutely. So, you know, when you actually conceptualize the entire outfit versus Mm -hmm. pieces, you're going to be editing the amount of clothing you're packing. And as we know, when you get on destination, you're just wearing your favorites anyways. So if you're honest yeah, about what you're going to I wear. I put out everything that I think I'm going to take, and then yeah. I cut it down by half, and then I combine. It's like, well, that top will go with these jeans. Then I've got three days I can wash it and dry it. Exactly. Then I, and mix and match mix is and huge. Match. Yep. Shoes are a big issue, though. But I tend to go with like a pair of flip-flops. Yep. Um, in, in the summer and one decent pair of low sandals and a pair of walking shoes. That's exactly. It. And the big thing is to wear the bulkiest shoes on the flight. So That's I always take my walking shoes or my <laughs> yeah. sneakers. And the sweaters and exactly. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I show up looking like a hobo. I have so many layers on. But it helps because it's saving me on that checked baggage face. That's the first. Okay, what about number two? You've got the go small on the toilet face? Uh, yes. So I've actually had friends tell me that they had to check their baggage because they had that curl enhancing lotion that 
they just need on vacation. I, I've looked them in the eye and said, was it worth 52 Dollars. Now, here's the thing. Go to Sephora. They have travel sizes of pretty much every premium beauty product you can imagine. Well, you, but actually, any drugstore does. Any they, drugstore, they have the yep. bins where you can get shampoo. They mm-hmm. do. Or buy it when you get there and leave the $2. 100%. Worth or, a shampoo for, in exchange for the, you know, hundreds yep. of dollars of baggage fees. And in fact, even on Amazon, you can get the plastic bottles that are travel friendly and decant your favorites mm-hmm. in there. So I would say for an upfront investment of about 30 to $40 to get all your travel sizes, you'll be, you know, my travel kit has been good for me for over a year now. So think about how much I've saved on checked baggage just by going small with my toiletries. Hmm. What about... Um Screen time. I travel yeah. with my small laptop because I like to watch the movie. Yeah. I can't leave without my laptop. And I've got my laptop, my travel-friendly laptop right here today. Oh, in see, studio. I need something yeah. like that. Look at Look. the size of Oh, mine. no. This is the Dell XPS 13. And it's actually the smallest 13-inch laptop on the planet. Is and it the lightest? Spoiler alert. It's 2.7 pounds. <gasps> I know, Christine, I've blown your mind here. Okay, let me just, let me sure. just feel this. One oh arm. Oh my God, I can do it with one hand. I can serve <laughs> drinks with this. This is amazing. Isn't it amazing? Look how bright it is too. This is it. So it is my constant travel companion. Um, what I love about it is besides being light, it's also exceptionally slim. It's only about one centimeter thin, so it's it's on par with a tablet. And if you're traveling, especially if you're doing carry-on only, the last thing you want is that familiar ache in your mm-hmm. back or in your shoulder from, you know, toting your laptop around. So it is my companion, also obsessed worthy, the battery life. So can I tell you, if you're using Word or Excel or, you know, other what we call productivity applications, wait for it. You can get up to 22 hours of continual use on the FHD model. And what if your children are using it and playing various things <laughs> well, on I was and watching say, various things? We have got, we've gone through at least a six and a half hour direct flight of continuous use with video. That's pretty with good. With my model, yeah. So it's just, I, I say the carry-on companion's perfect dream. There are also touch screen models available, which I love. So my particular model isn't a touch screen. When you have kids, sometimes it's it's a lesser of two mm-hmm. evils not to have the touch screen. But if you visit dell.ca, you can get more information on the Dell XPS 13 laptop. The one problem I've had with carry-on only is that everybody seems to be doing it now. So you've yes. really got to make sure you can either get in into the overhead locker or a lot of flights will gate check your They baggage. will gate check. Now, I do have a tip. It's a okay. little bit of a sneaky tip for that. Um, if I'm asked to gate check, I tell them I have medication in my carry-on. And they will accommodate me then to take it on the flight. They'll stick it. They'll stick it in. They're not going to separate you from your medication. You literally leave it at the door of the plane, and it's there at the door of the plane when you land. They take it away from you. Yes, but they do put it under it with the checked baggage. Yeah. So again, if you say you have medication in your checked bag, they are not going to separate you from it. So that's my tip. All right, Lena. Thank you uh, so much. Where can people go to learn more about? About anything? Sure. You can learn more about the Dell XPS 13 at dell.ca, and you can check me out, listen to Lena online and on social. Are you going to give us a blog so that we can check all this out? Absolutely. I'll be sending that over today. We'll be right back here on 105.9 The Region with more What She Said. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. 
Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it again. Tangled up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. The Spark of Markham, CFMS 105.9, The Region. Welcome back to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm Kate Wheeler, and I'm here with Christine Bentley. In 2007, Canada became the first country in the Western world where women outnumber men in the workforce. Yet 40% of companies in Canada don't have women holding executive roles. According to last year's Diversity Disclosure Practices report, Marriott International is turning that number on its head with a 40% female Canadian leadership team. And joining us now is Laura Pallotta, the Vice President of Sales and marketing at Marriott Hotels of Canada. Welcome to What She Said, and we want to give you a round of applause. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So you're here today to give us uh, timely tips on what companies can do to help Canadian women succeed in, in the workplace. But first of all, why don't we start off by talking about your personal experience uh, you know, as a woman in a leadership role? Thank you so much. Uh, well, I started uh, my career about 25 years ago um, in hospitality, started up in catering, came out of university and decided, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And, and uh, you might remember the uh, TV program Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Connie, uh, Connie Selica. Yes. And I thought, that's what I want to do. That sounds like <laughs> such a cool, looks like a cool job with right. James Brolin. Um, so, Anything with James right. Brolin looks pretty cool. <laughs> so I went, uh, finished my university degree, went to George Brown College and did some hospitality work and then just jumped in. Um, but it's an amazing um industry um, for for people but and particularly for women because there's so many uh, there's a variety of roles and ways that you can climb and build your career so very exciting so was this a conscious decision by Marriott to to have that many women or to or to you know make them prominent and what steps? did they take to ensure equality Mm -hmm. in Canada? Well, you know, first of all, um, having women in leader roles is a strategic priority for the organization globally. Um, You know, it's important that we uh, recognize that we needed more women in senior leader roles and um, and, and in general manager positions and, you know, leaders Mm -hmm. at all levels of the organization. In fact, um, our uh, global uh, CEO, Arnie Sorensen, uh, four of his 10 direct reports um, are women. And they are uh, smart women, uh, strategic thinkers that are leading finance and um, and, and the legal aspects and, and sales and marketing. Um, so that has also occurred in Canada, where mm-hmm. uh, I think you mentioned four, uh, 40% of our leadership team are women. So it's really a strategic priority 
It's a good business decision to do to make women uh, uh, leadership uh, roles and put them in place. So, um, so we've put a lot of plans and actions against that uh, to set women up to to be considering those types of roles. Well, okay, let, let us go through them because the Emerging Leader Program right. that was created in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about that. So, um, really important part of our plan. Um, emerging leaders is where we identify. Um, so associates and a whole cross-functional variety of disciplines um, who um, we believe would be great uh, or ready for the next step uh, in their career. And uh, so when, you know, people who are uh, working in catering and events who want to be the director of events mm-hmm. or folks that are working in operations who want to be general managers. Mm-hmm. And strategically, we've made sure that as we've selected those associates that at least 50% of that uh, slate uh, each year are women so that we can, you know, grow them up within the organization. Um, we do things uh, throughout the year where there's cross-functional training. Um, they obtain, an, uh, they're paired with a mentor um, so that can help, you know, have, you know, dispel sort of questions that they might have or concerns. Mm-hmm. They're really following their career along mm-hmm. and also creating, really sponsoring, sponsoring them in their next roles. Um, so it's a really great program. And, you know, I think the numbers are like 80% of the people that go through our ELP program, Emerging Leaders Program, actually move into their next leadership role. So it's very exciting. And you also have a hotel ownership commitment. We do. Um, So I was part of a really cool thing that we did last fall, where we brought together women owners uh, of hotels from North America, and we brought them to Montreal, and we had a summit, and we talked about the fact that we really want to accomplish a few things. We wanted more women investors to consider hotels as a great investment and to, um, you know, acquire more uh, property uh, and and pick our brands uh, to run their hotels. And then we also talked about with women owners, the need to develop more women general managers who are really the core operators of our hotels. Um, And we put together a number of different initiatives uh, through that summit that we took uh, both in Canada, uh, liaising with the Hotel Association of Canada, and also in the United States with their hotel association. And in fact, this past January at uh, a huge uh, Congress uh, in in LA, we actually put, um, you know, this whole conversation on the table. So it was really, really neat. But but some of the individual like the company programs are, are so stellar. Um, mm-hmm. They allow for the women's advancements personally and professionally. I mean, there are things like women's networking groups, which mm-hmm. we might expect, but adoption assistance, fertility coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to be sexist, but it would seem to me to take a woman to think of that in the first place, that this might be a hindrance to somebody's well-being and their future career. Right. Well, we, we have to dispel the, the you know either un, untruths that women can't do both that can't be great mm-hmm. uh, senior leaders um, but we also have to give them you know, resources so that they can still be able to manage and have a family uh, or care for elders um, you know or things that are important to women let's face it because we want really uh, well-rounded individuals that can be able to manage all of those things in their lives. We also know that women 
do make great leaders. We are able to manage a lot and mm-hmm. work, you know. Um, so um, if you want I, something done, give it to a busy <laughs> woman, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I think that we're we're forward thinking. We're being we're being smart about that. So um, you know, in our some of our uh, headquarters, we have daycare centers that are right within the facility, so that you can pop down and see your little one, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. have grab a snack with them and still feel because, you know, as we know, to be a leader, you know. It's not a nine to five job. It is. It takes a lot of time um, and commitment and travel and things like that. So whatever we can do to help with that balance, it's very important uh, to our organization. Well, as sort of a leader, a pioneer, if you will, in in pushing for um, equality in the workplace, do you have some do's and don'ts for corporate Canada? Uh, in terms of, of them, of Canada, mm-hmm. corporate uh, identifying and putting that yeah. together, yeah. right. Um, I think, you know, as I said earlier, I think making it a strategic priority is important. Um, and we need to, an organization needs to, so what they say is if it's not uh, measured, it's not managed. So take a look at your organization and how you your makeup of your senior leadership team, just basics, what percentage of them are actually women? Um, what are you doing as an organization to spot talent early in your, you know, how can we identify those, uh, those associates early on in their career? Because we did find, we have found that um, young women um, in the beginning will start out and have aspirations, but you need to catch them and make sure that you're working with them along the way. Um, And that's some of those programs that we put in place about engagement and mentorship and things like that. Um, And then I think we need men at that table discussing these issues and opportunities as well because they need to be advocates um, just as much uh, for our program in, in, in Canada our president Don Cleary um, he is the first one he has brought forward these initiatives within our organization and he gave us the the green light to go for it um, team and and that's why we did that event last uh, fall I, I suppose I mean I'm I'm all for women's equality and Goodness knows, I have been most of my life, but but I worry um, a little bit about the meritocracy. So, you know, if somebody is being pushed specifically because they're a woman, I feel that that's wrong. So, how do you find a balance in that? Yeah, um, great question. I mean, I think, and I get this all the time. It starts with fundamentally with talent and in identifying core talent ability uh, that's that's just table stakes right. um, we're not putting p- people in roles that shouldn't be there that you know could, that don't have the ability uh, to be leaders um, so you know but there are there's a lot of great talent there mm-hmm. so it gives us the opportunity among our talent base to identify those folks who you know are talented and also maybe happen to be a woman as well how do people who want to come and work for Marriott how do they connect with you uh, we'll certainly start with uh, www.marriott.com mm-hmm. there's a great uh, resource section on careers um, you know and we've got information on it just to think about our organization a little bit of information we are 30 brands. Um, You know, we have 6,700 hotels internationally. So, you know, travel uh, is an amazing um, career. Mm -hmm. And Marriott is a really awesome company that just continues to grow and flourish. So um, I encourage them to start at the site and then then reach out and be happy to talk. We're always looking for bright talent. Laura Pallotta, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You're listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. If you missed any part of this interview, head on over to whatshesaidtalk.com. Subscribe to our Apple podcast. It's free. We'll be right back after the break. 
Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler. And what you just heard is Drowning in the Dark. Uh, and the singer is in studio with us, a 17-year-old actor and singer-songwriter, Josh Bogard, who you may know from the hit Family Channel series, Backstage. Welcome. Thank you, well, and thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, Backstage finally returned for season two this week. What yes. is Miles Lennox up to this time around? Well, um... <laughs> well, ooh, that end, sounds ominous. At the end of season one, uh, Miles and Aaliyah broke up. So ooh. sort of the beginning of season two, because they were like... There was drama. Yeah, it was. there was a lot of drama going on in well, season one. Well, that's why we would be watching, right? <laughs> there's, there's lots more happening in season two, oh, but it's really? sort of like Miles trying to like see what life is going to be like post-breakup. <gasps> Ah, and trying to deal to be with that. Single again. Yeah, trying I to deal not... with that through music. And... What? Do we really think Miles is going to be single for that long? Well, uh, well just. <laughs> well, you have to watch for, a see, mo- yeah. for a moment, I mean, hey, we go from breakup to single True. for a moment. True. And then. Yeah, you don't want to rush into things, yeah. but it's also like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Is well, he heartbroken? I think so. I think he's definitely <laughs> feeling it, for sure. Oh, we, I have to watch this. Now, you Ooh. just released your brand new single, Blink. Yes. You are going to perform for us in a minute. Tell us what mm-hmm. the song's about. To me, writing this song was like, I think this song is a song that when I perform live, I'm singing to the fans. It's mm. um, the, the, the main line of the song is try not to blink tonight. And it's sort of like this idea of, staying in the moment you'll miss it if you blink yeah because it goes by so fast right and so it's all about you know that connection with the audience and making it last forever really like sitting in that moment and just enjoying it together Uh, is there an ep coming um i'm working on a lot of music right now so an ep or an album might be possible in the near future we're still sort of like going with the flow right now just releasing singles and seeing you know what's happening in Mm -hmm. terms of like yeah but who would you like to work with (laughs) That's that's a, there's a lot of people that I would like to work with. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of collaboration. 
Um, a lot of my songs are co-written, um, co-produced. And so I just think that collaborating is always a way to get better songs. So like, honestly, anybody who it's is... It's a good attitude. Yeah, honestly, yeah. because I think... So give us two. Two. Um, I mean, if I'm going to go like really yeah, big, go, go, big, go, go big, big, go big, go big, go big or go home. home. Yeah. I would love to collaborate with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, uh, I think he's an amazing one. songwriter. I, I just love to marry Ed Sheeran. But <laughs> honestly, um, no, honestly, I would love to write with him. I would love to sing with him. Mm-hmm. Beautiful voice, amazing yeah. writer. Um, also, there's a, a producer named Elenium who okay. I, I get a lot of inspiration from. He's not like as well known because he's more in the EDM scene, but uh, I would 100 awesome. percent love to collaborate. Where with can him. people find you online? People can find me um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all under my name. So Josh just search me up. Yeah, uh, they can also get through to those through my website, joshboger.com. Um, it's all linked to everything. So yeah. Perfect. Well, that is it for what she said. We will be back tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. You can find us on social media at What She Said Talk. But right now, singing us out in our live studio sessions, here's Josh Bogert performing his new single, Blink. Sunshine, it comes and it goes away These lights and these colors will die someday But for now I'll keep flying cause you're with me Let's live in our story, not a story I won't let go If you won't let go Live for the ride Don't close your eyes Try not to blink tonight Try not to blink tonight Try not to blink tonight Not hard to get lost in this crowded room Highs and the lows will take over you So forget everything, let's just sing together This moment right now will be ours forever I won't let go If you won't let go Live for the ride Don't close your eyes Try not to blink tonight 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 I won't let go If you won't let go No Try not to blink tonight Try not to blink tonight Try not to blink tonight 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.